Hey everyone, it's Robin Openshaw. Welcome back to the Utah Patriot update. And I think I'm actually going to also share this on the Vibe show. And the reason is that if you've been listening to Vibe where it was all sunshine and lollipops and daisies until the scandemic hit in March of 2020, we did a hard 180 and we just went a different direction and we've been doing content related to, I brought a lot of scientists and doctors on to talk about what's really going on because all I knew for sure in the beginning is I don't trust what's coming out of the TV. I don't trust what I'm reading in the New York Times and, and seeing on CNN. So since you guys have heard so much content, I'm sure that you're probably listening and you might be interested in how two of the finest uh, freedom fighters in Utah are doing their Thursday night groups. I hope that you listened to the Pam Popper episode where I interviewed Dr. Pam Popper of say that 10 times fast of Ohio. Um, she had the first lawsuit against the state of just a, a ferocious lawsuit against the governor of Ohio, Governor DeWine. She calls them the emperors. All of our governors who are wrecking us, we have one too in Utah. But, you know, we need to take it to a second level because everybody asks me, they're not, they're not quite ready to do a Thursday night meeting because they're like, well, what's the agenda? And what are we exactly doing? And Pam kind of pushes those questions away and says, just have it, just connect. You don't need an agenda. And she's a very, you know, no nonsense person like I am. We have very similar personalities. And it, I, I often say, Hey, I'm not for everyone. And I, when she said that, I almost laughed out loud because, you know, we're all about getting stuff done. However, even people like us who just like checking things off our list all day, every day, we are seeing the lack of connection between people as we're told to go home, as it becomes very punishing to travel and very punishing to go out in public. Um, and so a lot of us are staying home. A lot of us who weren't working at home before are now. So I want to welcome to the show, Ryan Sternagel, who is an influencer like me and has an amazing story. His brand is called The Stern Method. You should check it out. And anybody who has a child with cancer, recovering from cancer, anything in that vicinity, you should definitely check out The Stern Method and what Ryan and his wife, Teddy Sternagel, have done. It's absolutely heroic. Their their story is, that's a whole other episode where um, you just need to hear what they did for their son, who's now, what is, was writer seven? Seven and a half, uh, closer to eight. Yeah. Yep. Diagnosed with advanced, uh, I want to say stage four neuroblastoma, right, right as he was turning a year old. Is that right? Indeed. So there's Ryan of the Stern Method, and he's got a great new freedom, uh, freedom podcast. What's it called, Ryan? Uh, it's not launched yet, depending on when this actually, uh, airs, but it's called The Great Work of Healing, and it's, it was intended as a show that, you know, cause we have our, our other just strictly cancer show, the anti-cancer revolution. And I wanted to, you know, I'm interested in more things than just, you know, pure cancer stuff. So I wanted to have a show where I could explore more like the weird stuff that I'm interested in. And, um, and then right as I was starting to launch it and, and gear up episodes and that sort of thing, uh, you know, we, we started, started the freedom stuff. So I, I figured I'd, I'd throw health freedom into the mix as well. So yeah, if it, you know, it'll be, it'll be kind of weird fringe health topics combined with health freedom. However, that, uh, it's, it doesn't sound like it should go together, but there you go. 
Well, it's been fun watching your evolution. And since you interviewed John and me yesterday, I was really impressed. I told John afterwards, I'm like, he's really coming along as an interviewer. His questions are spot on. They're exactly what he should have asked me. He should have asked us. It was great. And then, and, and the reason I've chosen these two, you guys, is that I've bragged before that I believe that Utah is the best organized state against the scandemic and the takedown of the free market system and democracy in America um, because of people who were early in the movement. Uh, you know, I'm one of them. We got organized. We did what, uh, you know, influencers do. We, I knew how to gather an army. I knew how to put on events and I just put that to work, not just me, but other people. But you got Ryan Sternagel in Summit County. And when he was, he would always show up at stuff. But when I left, I up and left to Florida. Um, he just stepped right in and picked up where I left off. And he's, he started um, developing community around it with weekly meetings. And that is something that I wasn't doing at all. And it was really Dr. Popper who turned me on to that. But I would say in the entire state, Cheryl Carl, who lives in Midway, so Wasatch County, was doing it before Pam Popper was doing it. She was holding weekly meetings. Um, Cheryl, so thank you for taking a little time with us today. Tell us your Hi. background. You're, you're a business owner too. It seems like yeah. that goes together. Yes, my pleasure. Um, thank you for having me. I own an oil and gas company with my husband in North Dakota. And we also recently moved um, a lot of our equipment since the oil and gas industry has completely been demolished. And I mean, in a way that we have never seen before. We we have ridden the wave of oil and gas uh, many, many years, but we do not see it coming back anytime soon. <laughs> so we are very diverse in our equipment and everything. We moved everything down to Utah, or at least most of it so far, and, um, and, and started a construction company here. And we know a lot of people. We have a lot of contacts, and we're already getting pretty busy. So it's been good. Well, good. And I should mention that Cheryl's also a mother of four and her kids aren't all adulted like mine are. So she's still, you know, doing the daily parenting thing while really leading the way in, um, in the Heber area or Wasatch County area. So, so you guys, this is where I'm finding that when I tell people, okay, hold a Thursday night meeting, they, they start worrying about like, what's the agenda? What's this and that? Before I get to, I want to ask you both. You know, like what specific things have you done with your group? But right now, what I want to know from each of you, we'll start with you, Cheryl, is what are some of the advantages or the strategic reasons to hold Thursday groups? Like what, why would people do it? I mean, I, I personally think we ought to, we should touch too on the fact that you'll enjoy it. You know, you'll, you'll connect with people who are like-minded in a weird time in our history where we all feel like we're being gaslit all the time and called conspiracy theorists and called crazy. And we're, we're being made out to be like the unwashed. And I think this is unfortunately going to go a lot further. I think we're going to get more marginalized, more canceled. I'm really concerned about our platforms being pulled out from under us. You know, we do a lot of organizing on Telegram. Um, and there's already a lawsuit against Apple for even hosting Telegram. They're coming after Telegram. So just with all of that sort of background, what, what do you see the reasons for even having a Thursday night meeting being? Well, the, the meetings are important because there is absolutely nothing that can replace a face-to-face -face meeting. I think everyone really knows that. 
And there's an energy and a feeling in a room of people who are especially there for a purpose that you cannot replace in any other way, period. Not at all. Um, as, and I was going to mention, as you're talking about us all being deplatformed in different areas, you know, the conservative movement, when, um, when it started happening with the president, President Trump with Twitter, and then, you know, all the conservatives were running to parlor and then parlor gets shut down. And <laughs> we all started seeing this just complete breakdown of our, our, uh, being able to be together. There's just nowhere. And then we started all going everywhere. There's all of these little, uh, platforms that people are on and we're scattered. We're just scattered. So, and we, and of course we were all going to Facebook jail, like every one of us. Yes. Absolutely. Um, in fact, we've, we've started, uh, pushing really hard for, uh, you know, getting everybody to get on our spreadsheet and, and put their name and address and phone number just in case, uh, any, anything continues with Telegram or any of these, these platforms. We'll still be able to email and call each other. I think getting that list is really important and you have to start it now before it gets really big and keep pushing that. But, yeah, good, um, good points. Yeah, go Anything more you want to say before I ask Ryan what his, uh, I bet you have more you want to say. Sure. Uh, the, the other thing about the meetings, um, is this is where your, your brainstorming really happens. Um, when you are just texting and doing all these things online, it's not, first of all, the, the bigger the group, the harder it is for people to catch up. And you, I find a lot of people end up muting the, um, telegram chat or the group me chat where we started in group me and I'm, I'm going through the, the laborious task. I really wish I had listened sooner <laughs> to stay away from group me. Sorry about that, Robin. But, uh, everyone was already on group me and, uh, they had been using it for all the sports. And so, um, one of the other leaders with me, she, she wanted it to be on group me and, and I went ahead with that. And, uh, now we have a hundred people that I'm trying to move over to Telegram plus all the new people that we've, we've been adding and, and it's, it's, it's another split up. So that's, I have to kind of overcome that one as well. But it's the, it's the meetings in purpose, in person that really have the energy. Every time we've had a meeting in person, it has springboarded us into the next one. It has been really great. The more you do, the more you want to do. The more you do, the more you want to do. So it's, you're finding that it's rewarding to meet. Once a week and then make plans and then work with little mini groups within your bigger group to Mm -hmm. take on different projects. Yeah. So I had the idea uh, early on as we started growing pretty quickly that, you know, uh, as a smaller community, we really, you know, we all know each other in these groups. Um, I'm starting to get people I don't know, which is great. But in the very, in the very beginning, I was adding all the people that I know and I was going and, and recruiting in lots of different ways by going to Facebook and going to the Ask Midway and Ask Heber. Uh, groups and, and seeing the mask controversy posts and different things and finding all the people that aligned with us and then asking everyone that I knew who knew, who knew them and then asking them to have them join us. And I would just go, go through and write, go through all the comments and write all their names down. Oh, these, these people, they agree with us. They're with us. You know, let's, let's contact them. Let's find them. Let's tell them we're here. We're, I feel like I'm on a big hill with the flag saying, we're over here. We're over here. Come join us. 
Yeah, so and I think I think it's important to say that just because you go out there and you make an announcement and you post on Facebook and then um one person comes to your first meeting, don't be discouraged. Like Ryan was saying to me months ago, he was because he had a 5G, you know, people who are concerned about the health effects of 5G rolling into Park City area. And his group was just kind of dead. And he was just like, Robin, how do you get your groups to be so lively? And I'm like, well, first of all, if you just accept in advance that it's a long haul, it's like, it's like Cheryl moving hundred people from group me to telegram. You don't just post once and leave it at that. Unfortunately, it's many, many, many posts texting somebody and saying, Hey, did you see that we moved? I mean, it, at first it made me mad. And then I was like, it's kind of like when I was a new mom and my, you know, six month old would go take a handful of dirt and throw it on the carpet out of my house plant. And I kept fighting with him about it. And then one day I was like, maybe a one-year-old shouldn't have access to a house plant. Maybe I should just move this house plant. And I just sort of like accepted it. And then I was just a lot happier mom as just as an example. If you just accept in advance that people have, people are busy, people have stuff to do. Your group isn't the only group they're in. Um, and so you, it's just, it's tedious work. And it's still rewarding and we still have to do it. The stakes couldn't be, couldn't be higher here, but yeah, we're going to have to, um, I mean, if it makes you feel any better, I've had to start over, you know, I may have said to you, don't do, don't do group me. Um, but I was under pressure to not do telegram too. And I was like, I'm sorry, we're doing this in telegram because we have critical mass there. Most people are there. I said to a certain Utah freedom fighter, fighter, um, that we all know and love. She didn't want to get in there. And I was like, I'm sorry, but we need you in there. I like, I really pushed her and, and I'm glad we did, but you know, I may end up, may end up sorry. I may end up sorry that I did this building, but I had to start the Robin Openshaw channel three times because I didn't really know the platform and people couldn't comment. And that was annoying after a while. I was like talking into an echo chamber. And so literally I built it to a few thousand three times and had to move everybody over. And I'm still moving people over to this third group. And it's just, just about to hit 2000 and. So, you know, it's just part of it. Like just accept up front that your group is going to grow slowly. It's not like you make one announcement on Facebook and boom, you have this big group. If you had the, a similar experience, Ryan, because when you, when you were doing your 5G group, you were just like, wow, why is this not growing? Well, have you seen like a um, momentum with your group building? Yeah. I mean, I would say the, the in-person aspects to it has been the main catalyst for the momentum. Yeah. It's, it's really neat. So, I mean, back to just back to the appreciation thing. It's, and just the, the rewarding aspect to it. It's aside from anything productive. Yeah. And we, and we've started to get more productive and, and Pam Popper talks about don't worry about being productive and just, you know, get people together. And that's, you know, at the end of the day, I just hear thank you over and over and over again. That's the, the, there's the meet and greet time. And then there's the, you know, the actual let's get together and, and formally discuss some things time. And throughout both of those, like walking around the meet and greet, it's just thank you for doing this. Thank you for getting us together. I thought I would, you know, just a young, younger couple the other night was literally, they said, I, we thought we were the only people in towns that hadn't lost their minds. And then you got us, you know, and then we heard about this group and we came and we just love it to be able to be in the same room with, with people that, uh, you know, aren't, aren't, you know, scared to death of other people without a mask and all this stuff. And so it's, um, it's been really, really neat. Just that, that energy, that vibe and, you know, people that, um, you know, they, they, a lot of people in there talk about they've never been 
quote unquote politically involved, never saw themselves being part of something like this, but it's, it's clear that one, something needs to be done. And two, again, just going back to, I want to be with in the same room with some people that aren't freaking crazy. Um, it's been, it's been a really good catalyst for just the excitement and the energy and the enthusiasm. And the other thing I think that's, you know, that's different than the 5G group that I started is the fact that there's the in-person aspect to it and the in-person aspect to it kind of what's, what's the phrase, uh, separates the, the wheat from the chaff or whatever that is. Cause it's yeah. like, you know, you know, everyone, there's like multiple levels, right? There's, there's, okay, I will take the action of joining, uh, an online group. And then, and then that's one level. And then there's, uh, I will take further action of actually participating in that online group. That's another action. And that's why I, I, I keep hammering over and over and over again, because we have an RSVP, a uh, little poll thing within Telegram and somebody figured out how to pin it to the top of the chat. So it's really easy. Everyone can see it and you don't have to scroll through and, and find it. At least most of the time, Telegram is still kind of flaky, but, um, but yeah, so I keep hammering people like, even if you're not going to be coming, just RSVP, take some action and click no on the RSVP. Show us that you're alive. Um, and you know, so, and so that's like another level of people. And then there's the level of people that actually are willing to take the action of showing up to a group on a regular basis. And, you know, our group is, I think on Telegram, we're, what, somewhere around 115 or something like that right now. And we're getting 30, 35 people showing up at the, at the meetings. So, I mean, that's, it's a pretty decent show up rate, uh, versus, you know, the, somebody that was willing to just get on an online thing versus actually drive somewhere and, and meet up with people on a regular basis. So, and, and again, it comes back to that. I think once people have come to the first meeting, they're, excited to come back. And it's just, you know, we've, we've had, we started at restaurants and that was okay, but you couldn't really talk to each other across the table, that sort of thing. And so it was nice to, uh, it, it was, it was a good start, but then from those first couple restaurant meetings, somebody ended up volunteering their house. And then, you know, I think we've had three house meetings now and, and, you know, now like five people have volunteered their house. So it's a good rotation and it's not, uh, it, it's not dependent on any one person. And, um, and everyone's excited to volunteer their house. And it's just, yeah, there's, there's a lot of enthusiasm growing around it. And it's really cool. Yeah. So that's, um, actually a really good point that people who are thinking of doing this because you want to get connected to others who think like you do, or you feel really lonely because your whole family is um, drinking the COVID Kool-Aid and, you know, the main topic of conversation in your family or in your neighborhood is, you know, I can't wait to get the vaccine or whatever. And you just feel crazy. And like, you can't talk to the people that you've loved your whole life because there's this weird divide between all of us. Hey, if you're, or, or people will say, well, I'm not really like a natural born leader or my living room isn't big enough. So I love what you just said that there's, you've now got five people saying we could, we could have it at my house. Can you, can you host it once? Can you serve tea? Like 
if you're thinking, oh, I'll have to put dinner on for people, forget all that. Forget all that. Ryan has told me that the restaurant thing makes it so that people can't hear each other. There's just, uh, it's loud. I do think it's great if you want to order from a restaurant that we're trying to support because there are restaurants that are being courageous and allowing people without masks, even, you know, in Park City where there's such hardcore mandates and, and the, it's little California there in, in Park City, a little bit better where, where Cheryl lives only, you know, 30 minutes away. But yeah, I think that, that you made a good point to people's resistance, which is, I don't know about having it in my living room every week. You don't have to. People will volunteer their house. They'll have such a good experience with their, your, your Thursday night meetings. And then, so here today, today is my birthday and I'm, I was asked by my staff, what are you going to do on your birthday? I'm going to, and I'm like, I'm going to, um, I'm going to interview two of Utah's best freedom fighters who are holding Thursday night meetings. And then I'm going to hold Utah's first ever, um, group meeting of the Thursday night leaders so that we could just all check in. And I think, you know, one of the reasons for that, I'm just not a meeting holder. Like I think I actually make my staff crazy because I'll like ditch meetings. Like if at all possible, I won't hold them. I hardly have any standing meetings that I do. So I came to the conclusion we need to do a standing meeting for all the Thursday night um, group leaders um, really kicking and screaming because I realized we have a lot to do in the next year or two. It's honestly, it's been the legislative session and seeing what crappy bills these legislators are proposing. Absolutely. We, we got to do more. We, we're going to have to, we're, I'm seeing the long play of the need for Utah's Thursday night leaders to be coordinated. Um, Cheryl, talk a little bit about like some of the things that your group has accomplished. Cause I remember you guys every Monday night standing out in front of the school uh-huh. protesting what mask mandates. Yes. Well, we, um, a, a little bit unique because, you know, Ryan's kind of starting it out the Pam Popper way and doing it. I don't know. I would say doing it right. <laughs> He's a lot more consistent in his meetings where, um, you know, my idea of, okay, we need, we got to meet, um, we need to organize. So I, I have had, I've tried a lot of different things. Um, I, I began also seeing the leaders start to rise. Okay. These are the people who are asking me, what can I do? Uh, I'm going to, or I, I can do this and I can do that. And I'm seeing the people that are the actual doers in the group. And so I said, we need to meet as leaders. I want you guys to come and be the leaders. They came to my house. We, we talked about, you know, just hashed out what are the main areas that we need to focus on in Wasatch County, because this is the only area we have direct influence. We know the people, we actually know who the sheriff is. Like people, people grew up with the kids of the health department director. This community is unique in that way. And we knew that we could make a difference right here immediately. So we had this meeting at my house with the leaders and we, we then we started a Google spreadsheet and maybe Maybe I'll regret that too, but we, we started a Google spreadsheet because it, we could share it, uh, e- easily on that group me chat. And, um, they had to request access. So it was still private, but we, uh, outlined all the different task force groups. And, and I said, okay, here's, you're going to be in charge of, uh, the school district. You're going to be in charge of meetings with the sheriff. You're going to be in charge of, uh, meetings with the health department and, you know, going after them. You're going to be in charge of the, the, the county meetings, the board meetings there. Um, I'm sorry, the, the county meetings and then the school board. And we, and also, and then, and then we, we foresaw way early on that 
that mass mandates would lead to vaccine mandates. And, and we really felt that that was an area that we needed to create, even though it hadn't really come up yet. Most people really weren't looking to that. They were, they were mad at the anti-maskers. And I, I was like, listen, this is going to turn into vaccine mandates. And, and we started trying to screen that out to everybody in the community too. And that's, I realized also in these meetings that that seemed to be the thing that brought us all together. Everybody was really concerned about this medical freedom issue. And um, I really loved that we could talk about it in person. That was really, really important. What what Raul, um, I can't remember his last name, who is the state's rights leader for people's rights. He Yeah, Raul, these, Raul Hevia in St. George. Yes. He, um, a lot of my ideas just came from different places, from you, from people's rights, you know, where we were all kind of, you know, gathering and, and joining all these different groups, right? And so Raul told me one day, as he was training me to be an area assistant for people's rights, which covers, you know, Wasatch and Summit counties, he said, Cheryl, when you have your meetings, you make sure that you let people speak because everyone has something to say. You have their meetings, you, you, you can get a timer which I wish I had in the first few meetings because I'll tell you, they spoke and spoke and spoke. Each person spoke so long that I could hardly get through my agenda. But well, and, really that's, was, and that is actually a very good point is people don't know how to stop because they don't do this for a living. So do get a timer. And, and I had to get a little, you know, like, okay, we love what you're saying. We appreciate you. We're running out of time. We need to go to the next person. Yeah. Um, because they really would speak a lot. Um, but, but it was great. The point is there that people just really need to speak to each other. They, they just have so much to say. And who are you? Where are you from? What brings you here? And that was my first question in the very first meeting. Why are you here? Why are you really here? And it just brought out a lot of emotion and, um, and unity with us. And it has just, continuing on. And, and and then we lost a little steam when the election was with with President Trump and, and everything coming with January 6th. We had a big prayer meeting group. Uh, that was one of our meetings was just a prayer that we would all go around and pray in, in the room. And we walk, went around to everyone and let them all pray and speak and everything. But we lost a little steam right after that, because I think just everyone was so, so... Uh, Invested, invested in President Trump somehow winning this thing, right? Yeah. And I truly had to pick myself off the floor because I was, I was convinced through all of those podcasts that I was watching and listening to as well that that he was going to be able to pull it off somehow. And it was it was really hard to get through that for me, at least. I I, I really really had hoped that it would happen. And after I picked up myself off the floor. <laughs> Uh, I just realized I dusted myself off with, I talked to Greg, my husband, and I said, listen, this, now I really, really know that there's nothing we can do except in our own communities. This is the only place that we have a chance. Yeah, I'm glad you said that because I was feeling impatient with people when that happened because I was like, okay, now guys, can we turn our attention to the state fight? Because we, we can win at the state level. We, we have done a lot of things that we know where the, we know where their sensitivities are. We, we know how to push back at the state level. We know who all the players are. Um, both our enemies, okay, who are committing the atrocities against the people of Utah. And we also know, uh, who the players are who are willing to stand up, who are willing to take personal risks. That all by itself, I mean, that's, 
that's what we got from the last year. But I had a hard time prying people off of the <laughs> obsession with Trump and and um, the QAnon folks. And now the QAnon folks think that, well, just wait till March 4th. Listen, there's like word for word stuff from the QAnon post that came from the Bolshevik revolution when they had a um, when they had a. a what do you call it? Controlled opposition. Yes. Yes. Movement. And and I've been saying that since last March, but you have to be really gentle with the QAnon people because it's, it's a religion. You do, Robin, you do. And it's not just the QAnon people. I mean, I was never a QAnon person, so I really never fall, uh, fell in line with that. I, it was just some of these other things that, that it did seem to all kind of work together. And, and there are a lot of us that really um, was hoping for President Trump. It's, it's hard to let that go. And so I have been very gentle with my, my groups as well because I, I, I was one of them <clears throat> and it took some time to gather everyone back up. And, and, and I thought, you know what? That's okay. I, I'm, I'm gonna, let's, let's be okay with that falling apart for a little bit, a few weeks there. Um, and let's, now we can pick ourselves up and, and keep moving forward. And, and I think everyone mostly is all on board now. They all get it. No one, I, no one that I know is waiting for that March 2nd, March 4th, whatever thing is. Maybe a few, but very, very few. Yeah, and they just, they were just in um, their stages of grief and they were dealing with shock and they really just went all in on it. And who, who isn't tempted by a white horse rides in and saves us story? I, I listened to all the basement podcasters. Did I really buy in on it? No. And I was saying all along, guys, come on. Please, please let's don't give this our attention because all it's doing is making us inert. Um, but I still listen to it. I, I hoped to, I hoped to, and I voted for Trump hoping that even though I didn't vote for him in 2016, I just didn't vote at all because I just didn't, wasn't, didn't find either candidate appealing. But so here we are. We now know that the fight takes place at the local level and the state level. You even met with. Um, on Zoom, I believe, your health department official. So anybody listening who doesn't know this backstory, the tightest I can tell this story is as our governors across the United States, including Governor Herbert in Utah, who is now Governor Co- Governor Cox, but same difference. They're both all in on the agenda. And, and Governor Cox was our lieutenant governor, and he was the one literally author or um, authoring that 26-page document that is the official start of the complete socialist takeover of Utah. And I never miss an opportunity to say that, that no one should ever forget that Spencer Cox authored socialism and imposed, illegally imposed socialism on Utah. But that all happened. And then when they had the legislative and the, and the judicial branches of government bearing down on them in the form of possibly calling a special session of the legislature, even though they weren't in session and multiple lawsuits pointing at the governor. That's when they handed it to the health department officials. And what's so terrifying about that is that we didn't elect these people. We cannot unelect these people. Um, turns out they make a lot of money. Like Angela Dunn made 300 and something thousand dollars last year. Was she 32, 34 years old at the, at the most? These, these people are um, appointed. They're, they are hired. They aren't elected. And they were basically handed the reins of our schools, our economy, our businesses um, by the governors so the governors could sidestep the consequences that were coming at them. So you actually got on the phone a long time ago with your health department official, who I actually think is one of the better ones. I'm not letting him off scot-free because yeah. none of these guys are standing up to our governor. But what did you, you learn from that process? 
Yes, and and I, I need to really back up for a second. I I don't want to give any kind of illusion that I have been doing all of this on my own. Um, that if it were not for some other people that stepped up and and inspired me in different ways, I I wouldn't have taken charge and and gone to the point where I have. Kristen Brown was very inspirational to me, especially in the early days where she is the one who actually started that group me chat, and she um. She, she, it started out with a couple of texts uh, with a few of us moms in the area, and then it grew to this group me, and it really was only eight or ten of us. And she said, we are going to go protest at the health department um, because this is what everyone was doing in the fall, by the way. Everyone was just protesting. So there weren't the meetings happening quite yet. And so she says, we're going to go in front of the health department because we start as a, through our texting. We said, that's that's really where they're, they're placing all the blame at this point. And so let's, let's go protest. And we announced it on Facebook and boy, were we absolutely harassed. Um, <laughs> so we decided to go to uh, do this in the early morning. We wanted to be there while they're walking in the doors. So we met at seven 30 in the morning at the, in front of the health department. And there were, there were maybe six of us, just women. Right. And I brought my American flag and Kristen brought a sign. And this one lady from one of the harassers came and started screaming at us 7:30 in the morning. It was really amazing, but that's that was the beginning of that movement. Was these six women just standing there, um, doing a little protest, and and Kristen and I started really moving everything forward. And she's the one who um, asked Randall Probst, our health director, to meet with us directly. And he said, "Okay, I'll only do it on Zoom, though." So. Uh, another one of our group members, Nelica and Kristen and I got on the Zoom call with Randall Probst and he, he was very, uh, amiable and, and I didn't know what to expect really. I, I thought that maybe he would be a little grumpy that we were going to take his time about that, but I really appreciated that he felt that it was his job to speak with us. He, he felt that he, he needed to hear from all of these different sides. And he said that there were a lot of other people that had come to him as well. And this is way back in September when not a, not a lot of people were very awake. And he said there were a lot of other people that had been coming to him as well. And actually from all the different sides. So Randall essentially told us that, you know, it's, it's basically just his job to, to continue with, with the mandates and that he wasn't really going to enforce anything. But if a private business wanted to tell you they had to have a mask, that you have to have a mask and you'll have to do that. And then Kristen said, right, Randall, but you could stand up. You actually really could do the right thing. Why don't you just do the right thing? And he said, well, if I did that, then they would just fire me and find someone else that would do what they wanted them to do anyway the next day. And and we were like, well, go ahead. <laughs> he wasn't about to do that, though. And he's he's near retirement anyway. But it was still a good meeting. I mean, he... Since then, I feel like we've really lost touch with him because he's. The, the, you should see the Facebook posts from the health department in Wasatch County, absolutely, just slamming everyone about the masks and trying to get everyone to get the vaccine. It's been it's turned made a turn for the worse, really. Oh no. Yeah, and are there plenty of people on the um, Facebook posts? Because that's another thing. I have a Telegram group of just Utah social media task force where it's like just share information that we can use to put in the, at the time it was the 
Governor Herbert feed. But, you know, what they've done, they actually, it's illegal for them to stop you from being able to speak on their page. I'm sure if you were profane or threatening them, you they could, but I don't think any of us do that. But um, they made it so that we can't share a link to a resource, to a study. We can't share a meme. We can't share graphics. And so they've they've choked us to the point that they can on social media. And I haven't seen Spencer Cox doing Facebook Lives. I think he learned from Governor Herbert that all he gets is just a string of fury from from Utah saying, you're destroying our lives, dude. Stop. Um, so I, I see them getting very intentionally more and more and more insulated from us. So I hope that people will try to get a meeting with their health department official. I wrote from March of 2020 on, I wrote um, Dr. Richard Bullough, who lives in my neighborhood of Jeremy Ranch. I wrote him over and over again. And the only thing I have to show for it is a cease and desist. So uh, one, one guy in our group got a response from him and his response was, it takes courage to attach your name to something that stupid. Wow. That was wow. uh that's the only thing we've heard from from Rich Bullo is you're an idiot. <laughs> yeah. And and he makes hundreds of thousands of dollars a year producing nothing for the economy, just taking, just taking and um was supposed to perform a service uh for the people of Utah and instead has taken the reins of the economy and the schools, has no problem doing so, and apparently has said that if 70, when 70% of us get um, vaccinated in Summit County, he'll give us our economy back. So, I mean, just the classic, you know, tyrant on a, on a power trip, I guess, but, um, and I, I don't think there's any way they'll get 70% of Summit County to voluntarily get that shot. Are you kidding me? Like right now, the stories and the videos of people's neurological issues and just the short term reactions people are having to the shots. There's no way they'll know. So yeah. So, and that's one thing ahead. I wanted to, uh, wanted to point out before I forget is, you know, just going back to the, the everyone's sad about Trump thing and blah, blah, blah. Um, yeah, I was, <laughs> I've, I've been on the, uh, I, I don't, you know, I wasn't surprised and I, I never bought into the, the white horse thing. Our, our thing has always been, no one's coming to save you and no one's going to do it for you. You got to do it yourself, that sort of thing. But I've been, uh, I've been really hammering into the group at all the meetings that this is not a political group. This isn't let's get all the conservatives in town together because it seems like they agree with us more. I mean, yeah, granted right now it is mostly conservatives, but I've made a very big point of saying this group is about health freedom. Uh, this group is about people that think COVID is being used for fraudulent purposes. This is not a Republican versus Democrat group because, I mean, at the end of the day, you know, Robin, we're both in the health and wellness field. There's a lot of liberals and Democrats and, you know, whatever people that didn't vote for Trump, uh, that, that don't like vaccines and don't like the thought of getting mandated to have a vaccine. Um, so that's, I think this is, it's, yeah, you know, there's, there's never been a time where everyone's been more divided, but I think we could flip it around and use it as an opportunity to, you know, it's like there, there's also never been an opportunity to bring people together like this over a common issue that 
could, you know, could and is very apolitical. There, there's people from both sides, a lot of people from both sides that are terrified of getting forced to have this vaccine. I like that yeah. right a lot because there are a lot of conservatives that do think that the vaccine is just fine. You're yeah. right. Yeah. There's, I mean, there's, you know, there, there's people in our group that, um, are, pro vaccine, you know, in general, I mean, they, they don't want to get forced to take the COVID vaccine, but you know, I, I know a whole ton. I mean, we all do. I, I, especially again, being in the health and wellness world, I know a whole ton of liberals and, you know, people that didn't vote for Trump and all that, that are, that are scared to death of the vaccine. So it's, uh, it's, it's a great opportunity. It really is. This would be a great time to just point out for those of you who are considering taking up Thursday night meetings to make a disclaimer in the beginning. And, you know, in Utah, we already have this issue, right? Like a lot of times you'll put it together, something like this. And guess what? Most of the people who show up are going to be political conservatives. I don't even know why it lands that way. But this whole COVID thing seems to have mostly landed that it's the conservatives questioning what's in mainstream media, the conservatives questioning the vaccine. And it's mostly the liberals who get behind the agenda and want everybody to just put your mask on and get your vaccine and shut up. But it's not entirely that way. And we already have this issue in Utah because a lot of times when the conservative groups get together, they sort of assume that everybody is from the dominant religion. And then someone gets offended who's there, who's a former LDS or not LDS at all or whatever they are. And so we we do need to be careful. And And I think we have to kind of let the conversation go where it goes, but maybe just make that disclaimer every once in a while and just say, just so you know, like this isn't a club for political political conservatives and it's not an anti-vaxxer club and it's not an LDS club. So it may seem like there's an over-representation from some certain groups, but please know you're welcome here and you're here, we assume, because you're concerned about what's going on in our state and you want to be part of the solution and, and part of pushing back. Would you say that's fair? Yeah, no, I have, and I have people every meeting just, you know, not only thanking me for, for putting it together, but thanking me for making a big deal out of that. And they, they say that's, that's the absolute right way to go. And that's how we're going to grow this day, especially in Summit County. Um, that, that is more liberal, but you know, there's, I think you always think that you're the only one, but I don't know. Somebody said there, there was, you know, 10,000 people in Summit County and 3,000 of them voted for Trump. So it's, it's not like you're really the only one, but, um, but again, no, it's like, because there's that Republicans of Park City group. And I've made sure to differentiate that this is not a Republican group. This is a group that's pushing back against the COVID agenda, be that getting your business shut down or getting mandated vac- mandated to get a vaccine or having to wear a mask everywhere or having to enforce other people wearing a mask these you know if if you don't like any of those things this is the group for you and and everybody's loved that and also just you know back to people that you know like you're talking about if you're considering starting a group i would just throw in there that i am not a <laughs> I've never been a starter of groups. Let's put it that way. I I wasn't the overachiever in college trying to get people together for study meetings or whatever. I was not. um, You weren't the class president. In in fifth grade, I was the class vice president, but that's about as far as (laughs) as far as I got. Um, 
but yeah, no, it's, it's just, that's, that's never been my thing. And, you know, even in the health and wellness world, like, yeah, we do, we, we have our own little brand or whatever, but I've never been much of a joiner or anything, but it just, it was clear that this needed to happen. And again, you know, I, I do do a lot of work in the, in the group trying to kind of keep people focused and keep people together and really beat pe- people over the head about participating and stuff like that. But, um, yeah, at the same time, just going back to the momentum thing and, and everyone being so grateful for it, it's, uh, it is starting to take on a life of its own. And yeah, I don't know. I would encourage everyone to do it. I'm yeah. If start- you're a, if you're listening from Utah, I would really like you to think about who you know, who's an attorney. And even if the attorney you're thinking of works for a big firm, which we rule out right off the top, because all of those big firms have conflicts of interest. They all have, um, Utah state, um, clients. And so it's a conflict of interest for them to work for us. But I'm looking for the legal team that takes the Utah stands up lawsuit. I've already funded enough money to get that from square A to filed. I've, I've got some money. I wouldn't say plenty of money not to run the, run the distance, but we've got the money for it. I'm looking for the right legal team. I've got, I've got a few leads, but even ask your lawyer that you do know, say, Hey, do you know anybody who's super ticked about the destruction of the economy and the schools and the illegal mandates? Who's an attorney? Cause we're looking for the ones who's in solo practice. We're looking for the one who works uh, in a very small firm of three ish lawyers or fewer and is just a good lawyer, right? And has some ability to take on a major client because I think if I hired this lawyer, on behalf of all of us for the Utah stands up lawsuit. And I'm going to have Dr. Pam Popper vet them as well. I have a lots of experience working with attorneys. I have an unfortunate amount of experience working with attorneys. Um, I'm in three lawsuits right now as the whole, you know, free market system falls apart. Um, but you know, we'll, we'll find the right legal team and then we're going to be off to the races here. But one of the really cool things is, and I want to just throw that lawyer bit out there because that's what I'm hoping as Thursday groups start organizing and start really holding their standing meetings, that perfect lawyer or legal team, because we probably need a few people actually, um, will, will present itself. Dr. Popper said your, your lawyer is going to come from your Thursday meeting. So I'm having some faith in that and throwing that out there and putting that intention out there. But I also really like how I've seen in the last year, um, not only have the, the Utah Freedom Fighters become my good friends, but because um, like Ryan, you and I and and John and Teddy were all already good friends, but um, all these other people have become my good friends and people I feel like I have a lot in common with who I would have never otherwise known. But the other cool thing is that you find out where people should sit on the bus. You know, I don't know if you guys ever read Good to Great. Um, by Jim Collins, but he talks about, you know, get the right people on the bus, but then find the right seat for them to sit on the bus. And it's kind of a, it's the business book, but the same thing applies when you're dealing with volunteers and finding the right role for a leader. Um, it's been really fun to see like Alina Erickson. She has just taken this affidavit thing where she's gotten, oh, a couple hundred of us now. And I with take action for freedom have you know, sent her a ton of those affidavits because you have to fill this whole thing out about what the harm is to you and your family of the illegal things that our state is doing to us. And you have to have it notarized and you send it to Alina and she's got this giant stack of paper that she's out there, you know, shaking in the face of all these sheriffs and attorney general, Sean Reyes. She has him, you know, she texts with him 
And so she's out there doing that. That's going to be really useful, I think, for the Utah Stands Up um, lawsuit. She I've is got, amazing. You know, she is. She's she's a fireball, and I've watched her learn a lot along the process. And she's getting very sophisticated in ways that you know, just she probably wouldn't have dreamed of a year ago. And then I, I look at like Lane Baker. That guy will go with his own dime, run a uh, a um, <laughs> billboard. Or make make yard signs. There's a particular Utah legislator right now he's super ticked at, and he's bad cop. And you know what? We need bad cops. I I don't like to be the bad cop. I don't go full frontal on people, but defending Utah does, and they play a role, right? I don't want to play that role. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. What are your thoughts on that, Cheryl? Because I think you've seen the evolution of your group. You have one of the older groups in Utah. Yes. Right. It, it's, it's super important to, to find where they have passion. That's what I always say in the beginning. Where, where do you have the passion? Because that's where you belong. I had, as soon as I hear someone say, did you see that email from the school district? They said that the, that all the, um, cases are down because they had all these teachers have vaccines. And my brother-in-law who works in the animal health industry, he's been selling vaccines for 17 years. And he knows more about vaccines than than any of the school board put together, and then some. And when he saw this email that they were making the claim that the vac that that our cases were going down because of the vaccines being you know taken by the teachers, he just went went nuts and said, "You cannot make that claim. I want you to retract that statement. I want you to apologize to the community for making that kind of a statement. It is totally illegal for you to say that. You have no proof. And that's where his passion is, right?" So when you find the people that have this passion uh, in these areas, that's where these 30 Thursday night meetings have so much impact. You find where they have the passion and you're finding all these people and they come out of the woodwork and they start talking about what is important to them. And those are all coming from these these meetings, in-person meetings. Yeah, I think that that is super important. I bet there's something that your group has accomplished that one or both of you want to talk about before we wrap up. Um Ryan, have you, have you, um, accomplished something with your group that you're really proud of? I feel like we, you know, we had no, we had no critical mass when I left and I would try to set something up for Park City and I just sort of written Park City off because all my neighbors that I, all people hang out with are like, you know, we had like a Bible study group and they're all very conservative and they were like Trump supporters and they wouldn't, they wouldn't show up to, a a protest to save their lives. And so I was like, well, how can we find the people show up to a protest? And so you ran one. I was already gone by then. You ran one. I think there are seven people there. I think Cheryl and Kristen showed up because I was like, hey, they need support. Like, it's really hard to get people in Park City to do something like this. And you just like, you just were lit from that day forward, Ryan. And you've been very consistent since then. Like, what, what else do you have to say about what your group has accomplished and maybe like where to go from here? Like, where, what are your goals for what you want the Park City community to coalesce using your, I guess you do Wednesday night meetings to accomplish? Yeah. I mean, I would say, you know, at, outside of like notable achievements, I think the, the protests have been the big things. Um, I have been very cautious in that, you know, kind of Pam Popper-esque in that I don't want us running around in a million different directions, doing a million different things and not getting a whole lot done. But um, it is to the point like, you know, the this last meeting we just had, it was cool because everybody, everybody was on board with the concept of 
yes, let's keep inviting and recruiting and growing and working towards this lawsuit and blah, blah, blah. We get it. But, um, we, we want to have some other wins along the way. And so that's, that's, that discussion has really just been started for us, but it's really exciting to see it take shape. There's a lot of people that, um, that really don't like the basin wreck, the, the, uh, taxpayer funded, uh, you know, gym, um, that is, they're, they're going above and beyond the mask mandate and literally making the kids wear masks while they play basketball. And, and you can't, <laughs> you know, cause there is that, there is that exception or whatever in the order. It's what, you know, while, while you're exercising is fine. And they're for whatever reason, taking it upon themselves to not even recognize that. So, you know, it seems like that might be, I, I just stopped going and, you know, I just work out with a kettlebell and YouTube now. So it's not really my passion, but, um, but it's, uh, it's cool to see that there, there's a significant percentage of the group that's really upset with base and rec. And, you know, if that's, if that's where they want to channel that fury, then, uh, then great. You know, let's, let's see what we can make happen. But same sort of thing is now we're starting to talk about, okay, let's subdivide. And a- another thing was, um, Another thing that, that we, we, you know, people feel really strong about is the, is the sheriff, um, possibly doing the same thing that Cheryl did, getting a, uh, getting a town hall style meeting with the sheriff. And actually, you know, out of that discussion, one of the gals in the group turned out she was buddies with not only the Summit County Sheriff, but the, uh, but the Park City Police Chief and thinks pretty highly of both of them. And, and, um, so yeah, I'm excited to, and would have no problem making an introduction and, and, uh, and, you know, asking if they'd be open to some sort of, uh, you know, thing like that. And she's sure that they would. So yeah, we're, you know, it's, it's really exciting that it's starting to take shape and, and we're doing the same thing and that, uh, yeah, we've, we've got a little bit of, we've got a little bit of manpower here. Let's, uh, let's, let's do some targeted things with it and that's what's happening. So. Yeah, that's great. And I, I do agree with Pam Popper to not have people off, um, just doing 17 different things. Because one of the things I found with, um, founding take action for freedom almost a year ago is that I'm, I'm really careful with what I ask people to do because every day people come to me and say, will you help me do this? Will you tell everybody who subscribes to you at takeactionforfreedom.com. Will you please tell them this? Because I have the biggest um, organized group who cares about freedom in Utah. You've got Eric Mutzos' page. Um, and he, you know, he's he's done a lot of wonderful rallies, but he's he's not a collaborator. He doesn't work with the rest of us um ever, really. And so, you know, we have this email list of people who have at some point taken some action, usually come to one of our protests, sent one of our letter campaigns. And people are constantly asking me to do stuff and I really push back on them. I, I ask Alina, ask Alina how much I grilled her for days before I agreed to get behind her affidavit project. Cause I was like, I don't want to send people down um, a lot of bunny trails and burn them out. There's just only so much they can do. They're all trying to work um, to support their family. I mean, guess what? In communism, you know, I said to Raul, you mentioned Raul Javier earlier, um, he's from St. George and he's just one of my favorite people in the freedom fight too. Like you guys are, he came from Cuba. He came from communism. That's why he's so awake to it. And I said, is there come a point Raul, where people, um, really stand up to this? Uh, you know, how much do they have to lose before they really stand up to it. And he said, Oh, they don't stand up to it in Cuba. They're too busy trying to find enough to eat. 
They're too busy trying to find enough to eat. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I hope that that, I don't really want to chill people to the bone, but while I'm on it, let me, let me say this too. I somehow I got a five on the AP English test and graduated with an English degree summa cum laude many years ago without ever reading 1984, but I'm reading it right now. And in the 1940s, George Orwell, which was a pen name, published something that is so chilling, not just for what was happening now, but what actually did happen 20 years later in China. And in 1984 by George Orwell, you know, I haven't read the whole book yet. I just literally started it last night. But he, you know, you can't talk to other people. Like your Thursday night meetings, if we're going that direction, everyone, there's going to come a point where the Thursday night meetings are a lifesaver for you. I had a... Sorry, I just I just skimmed through 1984 the other day, just uh, whatever reason, and the telescreens in it. I don't know if you've you've gotten just to the to that concept that everyone is sitting in front of their screen and getting told what to do. But uh, you know, it's called the telescreen. Then today, it's probably you just call it Zoom. But uh, but yeah, yeah, that was like whoa. Or it's your or it's your phone listening to you, and it's yeah. Facebook tracking you absolutely everywhere that you go. I mean, we've all agreed to that. It's in their terms and conditions. You have absolutely no privacy with Google or with Instagram. And if you don't believe me, go read their terms and conditions. I don't think most people have any idea how little privacy they have. So, But I do think that most of the people listening to this are aware of that. And so it's just... Um, it, so, so, they, so you couldn't even really like make meaningful eye contact with someone. It was forbidden. And you had to, there was the two minute hate. Every day there's two minute hate where they would rage and scream at the sort of Trump character who was on the telescreens and everyone would scream and yell and they would throw things at the at the screen or whatever. And then they would have this chant where they'd say BB, 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 which is stands for big brother. And that was the, you know, their their supreme leader or whatever. Well, guess what? The whole thing actually happened. 20 years later in the, in the um, cultural revolution in China and chairman Mao probably killed more people than anyone in the history of humans that we know of. He may have killed up to a hundred million people and you, you had daughters turning in their parents. And in 1984, the parents became afraid of their children. Guess what? I'm you guys, I'm afraid of my children. I'm afraid of my children right now. Um, you guys have younger children. You're having the conversations I wish I'd had, but, uh, my children think I'm a ridiculous conspiracy theorist in one week. All three of my youngest children reached out to me and said, um, something like, we think you need to get professional help for the things that we're talking about right now, just for the stance that I'm taking. So I don't, I don't mean to be heavy or draconian, but I really feel urgent about this Thursday night meeting thing because I'm not saying we're going there and maybe the tyranny that's happening to us will be a more benevolent tyranny, but mothers turned their daughters in, in the cultural revolution under chairman Mao. And guess what? It's not like by the, it's not like at the end of their lives, everybody realized, Oh, chairman Mao is actually a horrible asshole. No, they still have to worship chairman Mao to this day, even though he's the most prolific serial killer in history. And 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 you you weren't allowed to have thoughts against Chairman Mao, just like had already been foretold in the book 1984. There were thought police, actual thought police, and AI has advanced to the point where maybe they can 
really kind of, they don't have to know what we think. We're out there saying it on Facebook. So I'm just saying all this because you need a Thursday night group. You need to be a member of it and take action for freedom. We're going to work on, I just tasked my team with it, setting up so that people can have their event bright meeting and they can keep changing the locations or whatever. And we just have that built out on takeactionforfreedom.com. So watch for that functionality. That's no small project. And we will work on that um, for Utah, at least, because my goal is that we have 200 groups meeting every Thursday, because if they pull Telegram out from underneath us and all the people, I have no patience for this, but when all the people say to me, well, what's the point? Like Trump lost, this is happening. Americans won't stand up to this, you know, basically like why bother? And I, and my response to that is basically, are you kidding me? So, so what else are you gonna do? I mean, you have to be awake 16 hours a day, right? What are you going to do with that waking 16 hours a day? Why not, you know, give it all you've got like organize in every fashion that you possibly can be thinking with your idle time when you're in the shower, or you're out for a run. If you're so lucky as to be allowed to go out for a run, you know, what is the highest and best use of my talents, and my time? What can I do to join with other people? But holding these meetings, listen, if we have no electronic way of meeting, we, we need to be connected in that way, because I, I believe that it's very distinctly possible that there will come a time when we're not allowed to say things. I also just finished reading a handmaid's tale. That one I had read before, but same thing, you know, the two handmaids that were assigned to walk around together and do their shopping together every week, they could, they couldn't talk about many, many subjects. They had to just say things to each other like, blessed be, isn't the day lovely? Oh, Yes, praise be or whatever, you know. So we don't know where this is going, but we do know that we're being heavily censored. This wasn't even a thing. We didn't even realize this could happen a year ago and look how far this has advanced. So if you're not a leader type, just meet with three people and find somebody else who wants to host it next time. Would you say, I bet you have some thoughts on your mind, Cheryl. I do. I have a couple of thoughts and I, I haven't always done this, this conventional Pam Popper way. I think that it's important to let people do it. Uh, if they're having the meetings, whatever they want to do in their meetings is fine. As long as they're having the meetings, that's the point. If they want to have a goal in a meeting and say, Hey, we're going to talk about this issue. This meeting is about this. And they recruit from that. Then that's great. Some people I've had in our meetings say, Hey, we want to go around to all of the business owners, just like Ryan was doing in Summit County in Park City. We want to go around to the business owners and, and we want to get them to come to, to this meeting that we have with the sheriff. And we want to talk about business rights there. Well, that was a great recruiting tool. We went on a big business, you know, blitz of talking to all of them. Whatever they want to do to to contribute, they have something they are passionate about. I would say go do that and make that your recruiting way. Make that the way that you get gain more people for us. Because this is the point is that we're gathering together. We're strongest in numbers. We have a lot of power that we don't realize we have. This is the time. We have all the power. This is the time. We have the power. And your number one goal at your group every Thursday is to grow your group. And, Absolutely. And, you know, Cheryl's been doing that and Ryan's been doing that. And it's been really cool, Ryan, after, you know, so much frustration with the 5G group. It's been really cool. You know, it's not me doing it. I'm not even in Park City. It's been, you know, just your relentless daily efforts. It's a, it's a boring job. You guys like growing a group is a boring job and it's a long play. And if everybody can understand that, that one of the long plays here is that if our legislators are going to let us down hard, and a lot of them are letting us down hard right now in the legislative session, 
then one of the functions of the Thursday night groups is to replace those legislators who do not represent us well and are throwing us under the wheels of the bus right now. And we're learning who they are and Thursday night groups will replace them. And I should mention this, that the Utah Senate eliminated the caucus system 10 years ago. 10 years ago, we used to have, and I used to go to my caucus when I was in my 20s, I would go to the Republican caucus and get elected to be a a county delegate. One time I even ran as a state delegate and I had to get up and give a little speech to all the people who showed up at the caucus meeting. And then I would go to these, well, guess what? That's all gone now. It's all gone now. And the price we're paying for it is that our elected officials don't give a crap what we want. They don't. And they're showing it. They're saying that to us. Senator Jake Andreg said in writing to one of his constituents, and probably 12 people have sent it to me in the past week, I don't care. He literally said, I don't care, because I had posted about the the fake Senate hearing where 40 of us showed up to say, we don't want Rich Saunders as the head of the health departments for Utah. We don't want him because he's absolutely free of credentials. He has absolutely no credentials. The first four of us who spoke have terminal degrees in the health field. We're not qualified for that job. We're not seeking that job, but we sure would uh, think that we can expect that. And the law actually expects that the Utah code actually requires that, but they just wanted to get their guy in there. They wanted to get their guy in there. So they listened to 40 of us say, we're not okay with this. This man has been breaking Utah laws and he's not qualified for this position and they completely disregarded 40 people and they all unanimously voted him into having that job permanently where he had been interim. You guys, this is why we need Thursday night groups. We are putting pressure on them. I mean, I just watched Alina went up and had a 10 minute meeting out in the hall with this uh, Senator Andreg who was in charge of that committee. And I'm giving Senator Andreg the benefit of the doubt. I told him I would. He said he's getting behind a, a bill that will rein in the health department's power. I'm not not going to sing the praises of it right now because I haven't seen it. And he keeps managing our expectations by saying it's not perfect. It's not perfect. And that makes me very concerned. But he knows who we are. And, and I watched uh, Alina Erickson's 17 minute video with him from yesterday. And in it, she mentions my name and he's like, well, I told Robin, blah, 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 blah. Okay. So you see, you see how we're connecting and you see how we become this big chain. And as one person, we're not super powerful, but as a chain, we are incredibly powerful. I mean, I've had people tell me, you know, defending Utah, they're kind of, they're super fringy and they don't even believe in like the checks and balances of the judicial and the legislative system. They literally believe that hundred percent of them are so corrupt. Don't even bother with just nullification and nothing else. But you know what else I've learned is that the Utah legislature is terrified of defending Utah. Okay. So bad cops have a role. Good cops have a role. You got you know, you got Daylene England and you have Kristen Chevrier and, and, um, you know, several other people who they are, they highly value their relationships with the legislators and they play a wonderful role and they give a lot of their time to going up and, and, you know, and they're moms and they, they've got plenty of other things they could be doing just like the rest of us, but they go up there and they value their relationships and they're more likely to make a deal and they probably would make a deal that, that um, those of us who are more hard hardliners like me won't like. I don't like some of the deals being made. Um, but we all have a role to play and, and quantity. It's it's not just quality here. It's quantity. We need more people speaking up. We need more people. Listen, I'm on a texting basis with the sheriff. 
Justin Martinez. So far, I like him. So far, I like him in, um, in Summit County. So form these relationships with people. Um, Ryan, I bet you want to close this out. I bet you have something good to say. Going back to the kids thing, I was, uh, I'm very proud that, that my son, Ryder, um, when he's really, really mad now, his, his two go to's are, you're taking my rights away or <laughs> his, the, the big insult is you're the government. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, but no, it's, you know, I, I think I just, I think I just made this point at the last meeting was you know there's speaking of kids stuff that that movie ants where where the the grasshoppers come terrorize the ants every year and there's the there's the famous scene where the, they're you know they don't really need to go back and terrorize them but uh but the the head grasshopper says you know there's I don't know how many there's a hundred of them for every one of us and if they ever realize that where this whole thing is over um and that's uh that's that's it you know um there's there's a lot more of us then there are them. And I think we're starting to realize that. And the other thing that I will say is, you know, I think, I think the universe, whatever you want to, however you want to think of that, it, it respects a, a focused intention, a focused will, uh, even more than what's right and what's wrong. And we can see that with you know, the world today, right? I mean, the, the powers behind the scene, the deep state, the cabal, whatever, whatever you want to think of it as, it's like, th- those guys are very serious and they're, you know, they might squabble about some, you know, who, who gets to have the leadership position, the management positions, I should say, is the Democrats or Republicans and, you know, that sort of thing. But at the end of the day, it's like, we're going to control people and these are the primary methods we're going to control people. They're all on the same page. And I've heard, you know, even like down on the, uh, the kind of the, the local network side of things with the satanic agenda or whatever you want to call it. I mean, they're having their own meetings and they're, they will literally sit there in silence for 10 minutes just in, you know, focusing an intention on this bill is going to pass or, you know, this guy's get our, our guy's going to get in or whatever. Um, and so <laughs> they've got a very focused attention. And I think, you know, again, there are way more of us than there are of them. And if we can just focus our intention and our will, um, it's over. And I think, uh, I think we're, we're on a good track to do just that. I agree. We must grow our numbers and we must join together in intention and we must nurture each other because it is, it is punishing to stand up to this agenda. I, I mean, the suffering the last year, I lost my four closest friends. And when I start to drown in sorrow because of that, it's not that I dumped them, it's that they dumped me because they told me that what I was saying was crazy. And that one of them told me that the I, somebody needed to do an intervention and come and get me off of Facebook physically by force um, and things like that. And the other <laughs> one called me a crazy, uh, let's see, an anti-vet. And she's like number one in her class, Stanford MBA. It's like one of the smartest people I've ever known. And she called me a conspiracy theorist, nutter, anti-vaxxer. And those things hurt. Those things hurt. And everyone listening to this, if you're in this fight at all, you know exactly what I'm talking about because it's happened to you too. We need to come together and we need to be that healing balm for each other. That's as big a, a reason to have Thursday groups 
as any, most people who are talking to me about Thursday groups are like, can you tell me where there's one in, you know, fill in the blank, whatever city, whatever County. And I'm like, I can't, I cannot take on the administrative hassle that, but I am going to try and get it set up on takeactionforfreedom.com. But you guys, you know what? I hate to predict this too. I, I don't like being the one who always puts the dire prediction out there, but I'm a strategic person. I've been a business owner for 35 years. There's going to come a point when they start removing our websites from the internet. So don't wait for that and just get your group together. And I don't care if your group is, is three people, um, get it started and get it going. Cheryl, anything else that you didn't get to say? No, I think that that's exactly it. We have to grow the numbers and I don't care how you do it. If it's going to be going around to businesses, if it, it's on Facebook, if it's going to your neighbor's house, if it's texting someone, if it's at school or church or wherever it is, let that organically happen and let the groups grow and push that. Well, thank you both, Ryan Sternagel, Cheryl Carl. You're both heroes in my mind. I know that lots of people see you that way. We never in a million years imagined ourselves in this role. And we're not doing it to be heroes. We're doing it to save our children's future. But I just want to thank you both for your incredible work. I know it's a grind. Um, it also can be very rewarding. And so thank you so very much for being with me today. Thank you, Robin. Thank you, Robin. And thank you for everything you've been doing. You're, uh, you're my inspiration, Robin. Absolutely. Mine as well. You are our hero. You are, you are a leader that I completely look up to and it's been a pleasure to be working with you. Well, it's my pleasure too. Thanks you guys. 